Again, Jesus is speaking of something profound, and not just about the spiritual life, but about life itself, life as a whole. It's taken 12 chapters or so of Jesus' life in the Gospel of John to bring the disciples around to this point. It's not easy. Previously, Jesus had been instructing with parables and works of power, and his disciples had been following him, copying his words and deeds and these activities. These activities have all brought them life. But now we see something quite, quite different. A new happening. Jesus is telling the disciples that something in them must die in order to make room for something new to happen. And you may know that four times a year, Nora Lynn and I have the honor of gathering with couples who are seeking to be married at St. Michael's. And we both have a real heart for talking to pre-married couples. We gather with two to five couples over the course of a month and talk, making fun of the many, many foibles that happen when two people are together for a long period of time. We talk about what's real in relationships. And by now you know this, Nora Lynn is the funny one. I'm not. She's Lewis. I'm Martin. And part of that four-Sunday curriculum is the role of ego in marriage and how extremely helpful it is to know who you are and to whom you belong. We talk about how unchecked ego disrupts and destroys harmony in relationships, not just marriage, but in all relationships. How an ego can demand that a mask be created by a person so as to protect themselves. Created so as to shield the real and vulnerable side of a person that's so important to share with someone else, with our loved ones. So basically what Norlin and I try to do is to help others navigate a long-term relationship, try to understand that, the barriers that the fleshy part of me construct so as to protect my dignity, my position in my home, my beliefs, or really anything that I value. All these things that are so patently unhelpful in the middle of a deep bond with someone that I love and this transfers also into a faith community. Perhaps in all relationships, there comes a time when an ego, a mask, a barrier cannot be willed away, walked around, jumped over. There comes a time when it is an either-or situation, when it is either that unhelpful portion of a person's ego that holds back in this bond of love 
Something has to give. Something has to go in order for that relationship, that bond, to flourish. And that is a time of trial by anyone's standard. Because you see, God desires to know us in a certain way without all of this that we create for ourselves. God wishes to know us. God wishes for us to come without shame or gains. To simply come as God created us in our true selves, in all of our brokenness, with whatever we're dragging along behind us. Remember the story in Genesis when God is walking in the cool of the evening in that garden so long ago looking for the humans. God calls out and the humans appear with makeshift clothes stitched together because they were ashamed as if they could hide from God. I believe Jesus is addressing just this sort of thing with his disciples. Jesus knows the hearts of those around him. He sees how ego plays out between humans who strive for honor and position and power, even within the disciples. Jesus observes how this sort of ego gets in the way of a deep bond with the Father. And don't we all understand this at some level? Do we not all wish to have a deeper bond with those we love? Don't we all desire to find a way to have a deeper bond with God? Sometimes we just feel like we're held back. And it is here that the words of Jesus move us, compel us. Jesus is simply telling his, father, his followers that something in them must die so that the next can be revealed. And what can this be? What's the way forward? And in this unique way, Jesus casts the answer in his desire to glorify God. In my heart of hearts, I believe our sacred purpose is precisely this, as women and men of faith, as children of God, as people who deeply desire a bond with those we love. Our purpose is this, to glorify God with our very being. I was totally talking about it. Now, to be sure, killing off those unhelpful parts of our ego is not an easy thing. This is a hard part of the faith life. If anybody tells you that Christianity is easy, they're selling you something. We are the only ones who can initiate this. God changes us, but only with our permission, it seems. This sort of change only comes about through prayer and attention, constant requesting, and finally, divine grace to change us. Lent is a time when we come together 
and ask individually and corporately, how can I glorify God? And again, the answer will not be particularly the same for all of us. God made each one of us individual, and our foibles are as numerous as humanity, and this is okay. But as complicated as offering that unhelpful part of ourself to the Lord actually is, we are promised that on the other side of that, there is a harvest of Jesus in ourselves, our souls, our bodies, in our relationships. As we come into the fifth week of Lent, let us give this reading the meditation attention that it deserves. Our psalm today said, I will meditate on your commandments and give attention to your ways. Let us take this opportunity to do precisely that. Take your bulletin home. Read the gospel several times this week and wait on the Lord. We do this not only for ourselves, for our relationships, but also in the name of our desire to have an abiding bond with the Almighty.